1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Cory Thone, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the Clone Wars series finale, the last four episodes, the Siege of Mandalore, and that very uh, bittersweet final moment uh, with uh, Ahsoka, Rex, Jesse, and Darth Vader, all the good stuff that uh, Dave Filoni gave us. Star Wars fans for that, that that last episode and uh Corey, let's get right into it. I wanna start with uh the four the, the first episode in the four part series finale. Um what stood out to you um as far as the way everything uh shook 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 out, I guess. The way everything
2: unfolded uh in that first episode. What did you like most? Uh well, that was when we got our last meeting uh between uh you know Ahsoka and Anakin and Ooh. we had that nice moment with the uh, the five I guess the five oh first waiting on her and they had a lot of them had painted their you know face masks or their helmets to to match her markings and you know it was like a it was it was just a really nice moment because obviously they respected the hell out of her uh and which you know was also adding to the you know what we knew was coming anyway with the Order sixty six mm-hmm. so just adding to the sadness of that, you know, with with them having that moment and, and Anakin giving her the the lightsabers. They were just, that was all just really nice moments, and it was a nice mix of fan service during the last four episodes or so. I mean, this is what people have been wanting to see for a long time, is the Siege of Mandalore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've want, been wanting to see Darth Vader in... Clone Wars because of how we knew it had to end and everything so yeah it was just a uh, I mean it was it was a really good episode it was a good setup episode you know you
1: you said something that you called it fan service but there's really only one only one way to go about telling that those final four episodes that's what they were That were fan service that's because we all wanted that Everybody wanted fan service. Basically, we all—mean, I if you're a Star Wars fan, you knew how this all shook out, right? We all knew how *Revenge of the Sith* went. We all knew how Anakin fell to the dark side. You know, the Mace Windu kill, the the Emperor Palpatine, the the Padme, all that good. All you know, the, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, the younglings, all that stuff. That was all we've all seen that before. But what we didn't see, before, what we didn't get, was Ahsoka, uh, the emotional. Uh, aspect of Anakin and her's relationship. Uh were you expecting I don't know I don't know if you and I haven't really talked about this since it happened. It's the first time we've been able to chop it up since the finale. Um did you get hit in the fills as much as I did like watching uh Ahsoka get those two lightsabers because she didn't have those lightsabers when she was doing that those silly side adventures with the uh Martez or the Marquez sisters. She didn't have her lightsabers from whenever she left the Jedi temple on Coruscant. So mm-hmm. did you did it did it hit you as much as it hit me, is basically what I'm asking.
2: Well, it it definitely it, it was a it was a good moment, it was a kind gesture, you know, to see Anakin because he's so close to becoming Darth Vader at this point. <laughs> um to to see the kindness that he still had, the 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 love that he still had for Ahsoka as a sister or a, or in a daughterly, you know, Padawani way. Uh I was not aware that there were so many uh Ahsoka Anakin shippers out there in this universe, and those people yeah. are, that is that is next that is up there with Johnson in stupid shit. And uh <laughs> but yeah, it was a really kind moment and it was also again, because we've already seen Rebels, we know that those aren't the lightsabers that she has in Rebels. Right, right. So we already knew that it wasn't going to, they weren't going to be with her long, and mm-hmm. neither would the 501st. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a um, it was a nice moment for sure. That's the one that really stood out to me in that episode, uh, up until, you know, at the very end when Ahsoka gets trapped by Maul, which I know we're not there yet, but still.
1: Yeah, well, so... Uh, obviously, Dave Filoni, the uh, animator slash executive producer creator with George Lucas on the Clone Wars, and then after uh, Disney acquired uh, Lucasfilm, he carried the Clone Wars all the way home, and he was giving he was sharing these episodes with George Lucas, and uh, I read an interview that Filoni did about Lucas being incredibly thankful for what how, how he wrapped up the story the Ahsoka story. Um what got me and and especially in that whole exchange between Anakin knowing that it was their really their last exchange before he became Darth Vader was that it was the Anakin Ahsoka part, but it was to me, it was the interaction between Ahsoka and the clones that really, really knocked it, knocked the wind out of me because Ah, uh, you had uh, Jesse and his in the 501st being on loan because the 501st becomes Vader's fist after he becomes Darth Vader. So the 501st, when they're clones, they ended up painting their helmets with Ahsoka's colors, which was really, really nice and a touching tribute. And uh, Dave Filoni kind of just filled the last four episodes. He he did that the the, the last season of the Clone Wars and really. The, I guess, however many of the final seasons he did by himself without George Lucas were all basically a love letter to Star Wars, right? Like he gave us so many nice moments, and you and I have talked about this before. Uh, so many nice moments that bridged the prequels to, you know, like they gave us so many nice moments that really made the prequels uh, more tolerable. Is that the word I'm looking for? That kind of brought on paper. Us- yeah, basically, it's,
2: they're still really hard to watch. Like <laughs> I've tried because I had the same thought that oh yeah these this the Clone Wars has really done and Rebels too, but the Clone Wars has done a really great job of filling in the gaps that the three movies left out all the shit that we wanted to see. Um, it's just so mm-hmm. silly. Like everything, it's it's really wild how we talked about this in the group chat. Just whenever Smith finally got around to watching The Last Jedi. How the <laughs> the three prequels and the three sequels were both so mismanaged for so for completely opposite reasons. Uh, the biggest of which is that nobody told George Lucas no, and for the for the prequels and nobody uh, for the other ones it was like, all right, we're gonna have the studio say no to everything <laughs> for <laughs> the the three ones and make try to make these as bland as possible, and then you know the one the one movie that they let someone have a little leeway with the with the last Jedi they panicked because Star Wars fans are kind of stupid sometimes and uh <laughs> and just shut everything down for the third one and it was like, man, you guys just really don't know anyway, yeah, just they're still hard to watch the movies they're not good, but they've the... got they've
1: got their good parts, but yeah. I would say the Clone Wars fills in gaps and replaces the really bad awful parts with really yeah. good nice moments like you could take out i would i would even argue you could take out all the bad really horrible parts and put in good characters like take you know for every terrible uh what's that guy at the diner with the four arms or six arms or whatever that talks to Obi-Wan that guy uh okay. in the prequels and like attack of the clones take him out and put in uh, uh Rito? Are you yeah, it's
2: not Greedo, It was not the Greedo. guy. That, What's the, no, the guy that owned Anakin. I dude, I haven't watched those. No,
1: no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about in Attack of the Clones. Uh, Obi wan goes to that diner, and like there's this cook, this, this short order cook.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, him, like, yeah. Camino,
1: you talking about the Camino Dart? Mm-hmm. He's like the subject of a ton of memes on whatever uh, prequel memes. Anyway, uh, he you could take him out and put in like the pirate uh, Ono, that guy, you know, or put in. Quinlan Vos, the, the Jedi Quinlan Vos. Like uh, give me all those guys that we learned about in the Clone Wars to take out all the silly, ridiculous characters that were in prequels. Anyway, yeah. we can talk about that forever and but, yeah, like, and I don't
2: want to because that's what we're most most talking about. I
1: don't want to do that. What I want to talk about is um what I liked about this first of the four part finale was um the Mandalorians, they stood out, right? So you had yeah. Bo Katan Krees, which by the way, uh Katie Sakov, who was who played um Starbuck and um the Battlestar Galactica reboot, she is going to play Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian Season 2. And then you had um, Sabine's mother, Sabine Wren from Rebels. Her mother, Ursa Wren, was also in uh, the four-part. She, she also played the Night Elf, one of the Night Elf sisters, alongside Bo-Katan. So um, those were really cool. Those are really cool. Um, I guess cameos, you, uh, more a little bit more than cameos. But then, um, my I guess the, the battle between Maul and the next episode, you had the battle between Maul and Ahsoka was really next step amazing, mm-hmm. um, because they did motion capture between Maul and Ahsoka. Uh, did, that, did that look like? Anything like that didn't look like any animated battle we've ever seen before on this show. Yet, no,
2: not at all. That was that was next level. The animation you—you're the one who told me that they apparently use motion capture too for that. Yeah. Uh, the the animation was next level. Um, just it—it it was as good of a lightsaber battle as we've had in a long time.
1: Yeah, like think about the last lights—the last great lightsaber lightsaber battle. You could argue that possibly. And I don't think you've even seen this movie, but um, Ray versus Kylo Ren, uh, when she stabs Kylo Ren in the in, in the last or in the Rise of Skywalker, uh, before she heals him, that's a pretty decent lightsaber battle. But before that, the last great lightsaber battle we had was Obi Wan and Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Would you, would you would that that would be a safe argument, right? Like that yeah, was that was a battle
2: yeah that was a good lightsaber battle um well it was an entertaining one i just (laughs) the thing about the this one it it was better than that one because the the prequels was inundated with useless movement of the lightsabers in the fights like Mm. just lots of sword spinning and shit and it's like dude, you're not even trying to hurt him right now you're just swords behind your back what are you doing like like spinning, of, spinning their spinning lightsaber the like noise. a, spinning the lightsaber like it's a, a, you know, Quiznos ad guy on the street, like <laughs> yeah. flipping a sign. Yes. It's like yes. what is what is happening, you know, and that's that's why I really love, I've liked some of the more recent lightsaber battles is because it's two people trying to kill each other, and uh, whether it's you know Obi Wan versus Maul in the desert, which took eight seconds, or this one here, like, like these, the blows were legitimately, it was a sword fight, and I was very much enjoying it. It was, it was pretty great. Now, obviously, there was a lot of, uh, you know, force stuff happening, too, but still, it was just at the end, when they animated it, like, two people who were fighting each other, as opposed to a dance or something, and I really enjoyed that.
1: Well, they took it back to, um, you know, the final, the final bat, the final, uh, Face off between Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Maul in Phantom Menace, right? So you had Maul with his with double bladed lightsaber facing off against Ahsoka and her dual bladed lightsabers. And did you catch the move when they lock lightsabers and she drops the lightsaber like Arya Stark did to kill the Night King? She dropped it was an overhanded drop down to her lower her off hand, and she swung it in like that was. That's the kind of next level shit we're talking about. That's the kind of stuff that even in the excellent Clone Wars series, the kind of stuff. If you go back and watch that battle, and I've watched it several times. Like I even go, if you go on YouTube right now. That battle's on YouTube. Somebody somebody put the uh, duel of the face music to that the battle, and uh, you watch that fight. And that move where she drops that lightsaber into her offhand and takes a swing at Maul's face is really really great. But um. Yeah, that, that that kind of stuff was awesome. Uh, Sam Witwer obviously provided the voice, but then they did things like the stunt double. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> they did the stunt doubles like you had. Uh, I don't believe they brought in Ray Park. I have to. I'll have to confirm that. But I don't believe they brought in Ray Park for that part. They did bring in a stunt double in for Ashley uh, Eckstein, uh for the for that. But there was you know every move they did, every every movement, every Every Force move, it was all stuff that they have done in the series past, which was really neat. I really enjoyed that part. But um, it's it, talking about that battle, so if you have the first two episodes of the Siege of Mandalore, if you could say those two episodes basically were Ahsoka, arri- Ahsoka saying goodbye to Anakin, uh, arriving with Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians on Mandalore, facing off against Gar Saxon, who, by the way, that was a nice little treat because you had Gar Saxon who showed up in Rebels, right? Yeah, and and then you and then you had um, Ahsoka defeating Maul. Those were basically the first two uh, episodes of the Siege of Mandalore. What what were you, like, I know we've talked about what was your favorite part of that, but anything else in those first two episodes stand out to you besides that? Uh,
2: well, I. Finding out, you know, the first time that Ahsoka hears the name Darsidius and finding out oh, that, Ana- oh. that Anakin, uh, you know, is – you okay, buddy? You just shorted out.
1: Oh, did I? I'm sorry. Can you hear me?
2: You can yeah, me I now? can. No, I mean, you gasped, and then I feel like you ate your microphone. Sorry,
1: anyway. I, did. I did. I did. I pulled back a little second when I said "oh," and it pulled my pulled my USB up.
2: <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, uh, she hears Darsidius for the first time, the name, and Obi-Wan, you know – then she tells Obi Wan about it, and he is like, "Yeah, Count Dooku said the same shit right before Anakin killed his ass, and uh, or the, or he killed, it. yeah." So it was uh, it was interesting, you know, to to really see these play up against the movies like that. Because um, it was this also the episode where you find out that Obi Wan's taken off to U- Udapal? Uda Pal, yeah, to to go hunt Grievous, but mm-hmm. might be might be the next episode. I can't remember, but um. Yeah, that, you know, Maul wanted Anakin there, not Ahsoka, so he could yeah. kill Anakin and ruin Sidious' plans because he knew that Anakin was a huge part of that. And that is a big reveal to Ahsoka that she doesn't know, you know, she, she, that's the first time she really, like, feels something bigger happening. I think a lot of the Jedi at this point, Yoda and, and, um, darth uh or not darth Fuck, oh, sam jackson i'm tired um <laughs> the, they they all they all start having those moments where they're like this is bigger than we thought it was and this is there's more going on here than we originally thought this war right. you know it's because we've seen it in the clone wars a few times where you know uh grievous not not grievous uh Darth Sidious or the senator, or whatever, Palpatine, whoever has, yeah. like, had to uh, play both sides. And, and like, whenever uh, Padme goes to visit her friend that's a separatist and, you know, they work up that agreement and everything, like, it's uh, there's all these really great moments like that where you can see that, you yeah. know, people are getting outsmarted by a person they don't even know exists. So this is the first time they hear about Sidious and, you know, what that what that could mean that they've been outsmarted, which they have. It's they're they're done yeah. and don't even know. So you can you can appreciate uh Palpatine's
1: rise from Chancellor to uh the Emperor of 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 everything, basically, uh, in the prequels, but you really don't get the subtleties of uh he's pulling the strings and every other character realizing it. That's you're That's a great point. It's a really good point you made. And 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 I did like that was a that was a really good reveal. That was like a, a gotcha moment for me as I was watching. I really wish you and I had a chance to talk about this after each episode because there were so many moments like that. Um, where you had yeah that was really good. Where both both Ahsoka and and Obi Wan are realizing they're talking about uh the Dark Lord and the Sith and they're kind of thinking you're kind of like okay but. You guys, it's Palpatine. Come on, guys. Two and two. Um you know, that another good point you made, and I really like this, is Maul talking about uh wanting Anakin there so that he could ruin uh Palpatine's um he could ruin Palpatine's whole plan was really, really um that adds context to uh to Maul's story. And honestly, if you go back and look at that, it adds so much to Maul's appearance in Solo, a Star Wars story. Everybody talks about Maul being at the very end of that movie. And Solo is a good movie. It's a fun movie, right? Um, It may not be the best Star Wars movie out there, but it's a fun movie. And it adds so much context and layer to who Maul really was. And... The fact that he's so upset when he loses to Ahsoka, not because he loses the battle, because ultimately Maul was a survivor, right? He was basically a cockroach with, with force powers. Mm-hmm. But in the end he was, basically. But um he wanted he was he was basically playing chess, right? He was laying out so many moves, like laying different things, like planting seeds so he could he could ruin like you look at the Rebels when he died in Rebels. Who was he trying to ruin? He was trying to ruin Obi One's game, right? Mm-hmm. He ever, like his whole manipulation of Ezra Bridger was to get back at Obi One. Instead of going directly at Obi One on Tatooine, he went through Ezra, which was amazing. And then you go and then you—that's a great point you made. You look at he instead of getting, going straight at Palpatine, which we saw Palpatine defeat him and his brother in the Clone Wars earlier. Like in season five, I believe. Yeah. Um, but in this last episode, you know, the last, in the second episode, the uh, four part finale, he's talking about uh, plans he made with Anakin. That's really, really great, man. That's a good point. Um. So the the, the third the third episode picks up with um the Mandalorians turning over Maul to Ahsoka and they're climbing and Ahsoka and the clones are climbing aboard the Star Sawyer and they're taking off a course on it. Did you get did you did you get a chance to look at the um uh, the stasis uh field or the stasis uh generator that Maul was was being held in?
2: I mean I we saw it. I don't I don't know the history of that stuff like you do, so you'll have to
1: There were some really cool Uh, intricate details, basically, in just the front of this, uh, this containment thing. Like, you had, okay, so, a a quick uh, overview of of what you had there. So, you know, in The Mandalorian, uh, in The Mandalorian Season 1, the finale, you had, uh, Moff Gideon breaking out the Darksaber, right? And then, uh, in Star Wars Rebels, you had, uh you had uh, Sabine with with the Darksaber, and you had yeah uh, she gave it to Bo-Katan. Before that, in the Clone Wars, you had Maul with the Darksaber. The Darksaber was actually created by um, a Mandalorian, the first ever Mandalorian, or maybe the only ever I could be wrong, the only ever Mandalorian Jedi uh, who uh, they created the Darksaber for their lightsaber and um, after that that Jedi died. Um, his house, the Vizlas. So you have Pre Vizla, who was also voiced by John Favro, by the way. Pre Vizla's uh, whole clan. Um, they took the Dark Saber from the Jedi Temple, of course, on it, and whoever held the Dark Saber controlled Mandalore. So, anyway, long story short, that whole story is basically told on the front of that containment containment thing. You have like. The Mandalorian with his dark saber. You've got a Mandalorian Jedi with his cloak and his helmet. And it goes back even farther to Darth Revan, who fought the Mandalorian Wars against Mandalore the Ultimate. And the only way the Mandalorians could could compete with the Jedi was to create these these force containment or force nullifier things. So... They would put these Jedi inside these containment fields and then that would even the playing field. So that's what, that, that whole thing was written on the front of this in like artwork. So a lot of people pointed that out and was like, oh my god, we got confirmation that Darth Revan and the Mandalorian Wars existed in this, in Star Wars canon, which was pretty cool. It's a little bit of a nerd thing, a little bit of a side, a side thing I like, I like to jump on because I get really geeked out about that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so. Then you have, so anyway, Ahsoka gets on the Star Destroyer, and they're heading for Coruscant, and you've got that really, really big moment that every Star Wars fan knows, that uh, Order 66 is carried out by uh, Darth Sidious. How did you feel seeing it from Ahsoka and Rex's point of view?
2: It was interesting uh, because we had that nice conversation with her, you know, saying her and Rex talking about the war and how it, you know, seems to be coming to an end. And
1: the whole salute thing,
2: the salute thing. Well, and then also that, you know, the clones have a complicated opinion about the war because without the war, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And Ahsoka says something like, well, then that's one good thing that came out of this, you know, is, is the existence of you. And it's a really sweet moment, and, you know, she's kind of, you can tell she's really deep in thought, though, about what Maul had said about Anakin and trying to, you know, she wants to get back to Coruscant. I, I think at that point she was maybe even considering going to the Jedi Temple, going to meet with Master Yoda and everything, maybe, you know, possibly trying to get back into her old life, and I think that they would take her back. Yeah, they um, made it seem
1: like that, right? They made it seem yeah. like join again
2: yeah i mean because she was like well if everything if we can get back to to not being generals and just being you know jedi then she i think she'd have been fine with that and of course then order 66 happens and you know the whole thing with rex where he you know is he's special you know and so he's able to fight his urge to kill her um, immediately and um he tells her about finding the flies yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. And and so she, you know, they do the. you know, This episode had some moments that were like, okay, let's just get there. So they they do the thing where they just, hey, you're laid it on this table, and and this robot's going to take that chip out right now, and boom, there it is. And it's like, all right, fine, you know, let's let's just get get it going, get to the escape part, you know, because we know that Ahsoka and Rex are going to live, and that that's um, that's the thing. I would say that's my only kind of complaint with the episode is there was a whole lot of like a lot of it hinged on the escape. And it's like, we know they're getting out. Like, I want to see more of Maul being, and that's what Ahsoka, when she lets him go, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you talked a moment ago about Maul, um, you know, trying to mess things up for Sidious, trying to mess things up for Obi-Wan, trying to, you know, mess things up for the empire in solo, right. Um, By Mm -hmm. being a gun runner and everything. He is truly an agent of chaos. And Ahsoka knows that. And she lets him out and it's like, "Go, go do chaos! Like, you know, they're trying to kill me. I can't save all of them. So, um, just go. And course, <laughs> you do you. You do you. Yeah." And he does he does some badass shit like that. That hallway fight. Oh, those two hallway fights are just that is some dark stuff for this cartoon. That's that's the darkest yeah. thing I think I've seen since uh, uh pre Vizsla got his got decapitated. Uh, oh yeah, that's. That that was a pretty dark moment, and uh, yeah, that that was some dark shit. <laughs> and we saw him be his most
1: cut down that entire uh, uh,
2: hyperspace drive by himself. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, just in the hallway alone, taking metal off the walls and and cutting <laughs> clones in half with it, yanking their arm through a door so that they can sever the arm.
1: Oh my god! Really
2: really, like, horrific shit, and uh, you know, it's it always comes back to, to like, the lack of blood in Star Wars kind of makes me laugh.
0: Because
2: um, <laughs> they, they kind of always passed it away, they're like, oh, well, you know, the, the lasers from the blasters do internal damage, um, and yeah, and
1: lightsabers carterized. lightsabers
2: carterized the wound. And it's like, well, you know, I don't think that metal door carterized anything on that clone's <laughs> arm. So I don't think, uh, I don't think all the, the now cut in half clones were carterized by the strap metal from the side of the building. So <laughs> where's <is> that? Where, <laughs>
1: that was me a crush damage.
2: Yeah. It makes me laugh, but, uh, I, I mean i'm not it's that's such a, a picking nitpicky bullshit i'm not complaining about it it just makes me laugh um yeah this 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 was a good episode building up to the the finale is what we were building up to it's a problem that ninety nine percent of shows have with their next to last episode where it's like especially in a show like this where we already know basically who lives and who doesn't and uh and and what happens to them the interesting thing from this episode is that they they used, you know archive recordings to to get like ian McDermott and hayden christensen mm-hmm. and sam jackson like to use their voices and stuff because it's at this point it's really tying into the movies a lot and so you know right, it was right. a and, and the episode opened with the lucasfilm logo as well which yeah. was interesting um i think maybe the last one did too i can't remember but all uh forth. that was so was all, all Oh, did they all do so, that? I just didn't yeah. I didn't notice it till this one. So, instead um, of
1: doing the narration with uh with the guy talking about, you know, the the whole proverb, he he reads before the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 was it was the Lucasfilm logo. <laughs> I
2: always am, I, I, and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about now. But the kind of propaganda e introductions that we get for the majority of this show like mm-hmm. you know, uh Back on Coruscant, you know, the, it sounds like an old 1940s March of War, like, you know, thing. I always wondered if the Clone Wars, like, at the end, we were going to get, like, a, we were going to find out that we were being told that this all happened by an unreliable narrator, maybe, and, uh, which I thought could have been interesting, but they didn't do that, but, um. Yeah, I thought that 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 was a, a theory that we had talked about in the past. That at the yeah. end you, you find out this was like empire propaganda or something.
1: <laughs> I kind of always hoped that would be that way. Yeah,
2: but yeah, this, was a, good, a this was a good this was a good episode. Um, yeah, you get the the new droids. It's like okay, let's whatever, let's go for it. But isn't you know? that
1: isn't that kind of like yeah like if if maybe this we didn't know this was the, if maybe this wasn't the final season even though it had to be. It had yeah. to be the final season. Um, if they didn't spend so much goddamn time on like the Marquez sisters or, you know, most yeah, of the I, uh, I the honestly that the,
2: the, the this season was not flawless by any means. Um, there Dude. was a lot of there was a lot of holding pattern stuff. The the Marquez sisters were a good example of like you. How many episodes was that? Three or four, three or I think four Four. I think it was four. It could have been two. Um, we did. Yeah. I I, un, I understand their purpose for Ahsoka's development, and also for our to see like more about because yeah, we really just see much like Game of Thrones. Uh, would would have those characters that would briefly like Bron, where it's <laughs> like, oh, this person isn't part of the one percent, and the the <laughs> they they enter into this you know wealthy world that are able to wreak havoc and fuck everything up because they don't play by these rules they don't have this background um you know the Marquez sisters live in the Curissant underground which we've never really seen outside of some chase scenes that yeah. all involve either senators jedi or well or you know wealthy representatives like these aren't
1: and their, got, their origin got story was really sad and tragic. Like the Jedi caused yeah. the death of their parents, basically. So
2: absolutely, yeah. And it was you know the Jedi just and it it further you know solidified for Ahsoka that she was no she did not want to be a general anymore, and that there was there was more to what she wanted to do, more to what the Jedi should have been doing. Uh, how far they had drifted away from their original purpose and everything. And um, yeah, it was it, it humanized. Everything because you know all we'd had at that point were Jedi and clones versus you know Sith and the separatists <laughs> and yeah and yeah it's just and droids you know and it's like this isn't um, are there normal know, people in Star Wars <laughs> exactly that's that's and this was a good thing and you know I I will say you know obviously we got some real LGBTQ vibes from the younger uh, sister Marquez sure. sister. Uh, sure. and I, I wish they, if you're going to do that, go for it. Like have her ask Ahsoka to stay and, and stuff, you know, have her like legitimately yeah. be into Ahsoka. Like I, we're, this is fine. I'm fine with that. I, I just, you know, whatever. If you're going to go, go there, go,
1: right? yeah, go all the way and be, and it, yeah. make a solid statement instead of yeah. letting an entire subs, subset of star Wars fans, uh, ship Anakin and, and, and Ahsoka.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and then the Bad Batch stuff was interesting as well, but it wasn't. I I thought anyway. Here we are. Here we are at the end of it. Here we're at the end of it. You know, in in the next last episode, and it feels a little rushed through Order sixty six and removing the brain chip and all that shit. But when it's all said and done, you know, there's not much they could do. It's going to be a chase. So I guess limiting it to one episode mostly is fine.
1: Yeah, it's basically telling – in fact, you know, here's the way I looked at going into that final episode was I know that I'm probably not going to like 15 minutes fifteen minutes of this 20-minute episode I'm probably not going to like. I'm probably going to – in fact, I said that. I was like, this is probably going to be about 15 minutes of filler for five minutes of payoff, which was basically um, – a lot of the Clone Wars, as good as it was, unless, unless you got into the good stuff, like the, you know, Padme going on some of her, her, her really cool, like, you know, undercover senator runs, and like when she went to, like, the Separatists, when she, under like, you know, like, her boyfriend in the Separatist army, or whatever, <laughs> all that all that stuff that pissed off Anakin, there was some good stuff, there was some good expo- exposition in there, but in this final episode you had, uh, the crash of the of the Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. which 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 in itself was very very cool. Like you know the whole Maul the besi- mall Maul pulls the Maul. Like there was part of me that kept thinking for a second there. Like okay in Rebels he calls her Lady Tano, so maybe there's a there's a way for uh, Maul to save Ahsoka and Rex, and they'll escape. On the shovel together, but then he pulls. You know, he he is who he is, and he gets in their shuttle and he's like, peace out!" And he takes off. Right. <laughs> so then you've they've got to they've got to do their whole uh, video game uh, fall down the destroyer move as they as they go, and that whole thing. You know, the music that played in the background of that was basically the same music, but you always play in Star Wars movies, right? The sad like. This is the fall of the Republic, or this is the fall of the Jedi. It's, it's kind of like the same music that played in the background when the Jedi Order was being uh, wiped out in Order 66. You know, that, that sad, somber music. Anyway, um, that whole thing was, you know, Jesse dying, all the clones dying, uh, the whole thing, the crash, and then. They get down to the planet, and there's this, you know, the whole beautiful moment of Ahsoka uh, burying the clones and taking the helmets and putting them on the crosses, and then, uh, you know, dropping her lightsaber. At first, I didn't didn't understand that because she's got two completely different lightsabers in Star Wars Rebels. They're white-bladed and they're curved almost, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, One's curved, one's kind of different. But. And these were these were obviously different lightsabers. I just didn't pick up the importance of her dropping that lightsaber, but I liked, I really, really appreciated that final that final moment with, you know, years later, and it's the same planet, and it's Darth Vader picking up her lightsaber. Uh, what did you think about that whole scene?
2: I. Yeah, it, it was a great scene. Obviously, it um, it was it was hard to watch. It was sad. It, you know, these are the the death of a lot of the clones, and we knew that had to happen. Um, Ahsoka dropping the lightsaber. I, it was. I don't know if she did that maybe to throw off the scent that maybe she died in the wreckage as well, or. What, but um, I don't know how many years later it was. It could have just been the next like obviously the seasons changed
1: Polonia well, said in an interview that it was some years later none of the it was definitely uh the empire as it was in the original trilogy, so okay and yeah because
2: the, the stormtroopers looked like stormtroopers and not yeah, clones. so
1: yeah he even said that none of them were clones they were they were regular stormtroopers. So that, that part was, it was some years later, so I don't know how many years transpires between, uh, Revenge of the Sith and, uh, I would say Empire Strikes Back, because there was this whole thing going around that that was actually Hoth, and I don't know if it was, and, and Filoni, when he was asked about it, said, that's an interesting idea, is what he said. You know who is? He never answers a, never answers a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, that's an interesting idea, um. I don't know if, if that planet was... Uh, does every snow planet have to be Hoth? Just like, does every desert planet have to be Tatooine? You know? So, I don't know. But it was very interesting. Somebody said, well, this is obviously Darth Vader and the Empire arriving on Hoth before uh, the attack on the Rebel base. Um, but that's a little too neat and and, and wrapped up for me. What? Did you, so, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go on. No,
2: you're fine. I... I... You know, I Googled it just now to see what articles are saying, and it says most of them think that she left her lightsaber there to kind of signify, like, oh, I'm dead or whatever, mm-hmm. to keep Vader for, from looking for her, uh, which I guess fine makes sense. And, you know, she goes on to join the Resistance eventually, we get to see her again in Rebels and everything. But, um, yeah, it was – seeing Darth Vader obviously is a huge thing for the show. We've been building up to that for all these seasons. We knew it was coming. Um it was Yeah, it was, you know, well done. It was a well done scene. He finds the lightsaber, picks it up, turns it on, realizes I think that it's Ahsoka's and kind of walks away. Man, he, and he, he's the one that built that. He created it. Yeah, he, he built it so he knows that he that he made it. And yeah, I uh that last scene, you know, him walking uh in the reflection of the helmet and everything that was just that was really somber you know but that's that's where this has been building the whole time and mm-hmm. you know we can't i don't know you can't be um you can't be surprised but it's still it was still hard to hard to to watch at the end you know the way that it ended like that it was definitely these last 4 episodes were a great run the show was at its best i think whenever it would do short episode runs it's really hard to expect uh a, a cartoon to be able to do a, a full season arc, um, which I thought is what they were going to do this last season. And I was like, well, it's going to be tough. And even without <laughs> doing it there, there were misses as we previously discussed. But um, yeah, like uh, the ones that stand out to me are like the, the Mon Calamari episode, like three or four oh, runs, man. the, the one, oh, yeah. with the the one, the one where Anna or Obi-Wan goes undercover and does the face reconstruction shit. And Oh man, we're, uh, Anakin stands over his, well, he thinks is Obi Wan's body. And he's yeah, like exactly. Yeah, that, those were some. I mean, yeah, this show was at its best with those three and four episode runs like that. So uh, it was at its worst when there was Jar Jar, and we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, this was this was a this this four episode run was. I would give it a solid A A to A uh, minus. Mm-hmm. It was a great run. It had great moments. It had the best Star Wars. It had the best lightsaber battle. Uh, in the Clone Wars or Rebels, um, hands down, yeah. And it had, it had some really great, uh, you know, themes to it and payoff for stuff we've been watching now for however many years. So um, and yeah, it connected, no it connected
1: to if you're a fan of Star Wars Rebels, which I know you are, but I mean people who listen to this podcast, if you if you enjoy Star Wars Rebels, then this perfectly set that up, you know, with Rex and Ahsoka, uh, you know the way they they left they left this final episode because you don't really know like because if uh there's an Ahsoka book where she actually leaves and goes somewhere takes on uh she becomes some kind of like do-gooder and like does like does like missions for like she doesn't become a resistance agent at, at first like she doesn't become Fulcrum Fulcrum at first and so Rex goes off and does his own thing with with the other clones right mm-hmm. uh he so he's got at some point he's got to find who is it? Uh, Gregor and Wolf. He's yeah. gotta find. He's gotta find those guys. Uh, Ahsoka goes off and creates her white bladed lightsabers, and then she becomes Fulcrum. So this connected that perfectly, which was beautiful. And you get the whole payoff from the season two, the Rebels season two finale, which is why how 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 in the hell does Maul know Ahsoka? I remember watching that episode, going, why does he call her Lady Tano? Why do they talk like they know each other? And then it's like, oh, my God, this is a perfect payoff for that. You know, really yeah. beautiful.
2: Plus, and then, um... they, plus uh, you know, it was good of them to show us more of Mandalore because the Mandalorian oh, yeah. show yeah. is is a hot thing right now, obviously. And, you know, I, I think that had they known how popular and successful the Mandalorian was going to be, they maybe would have done this season a little differently. Just to Probably. to highlight more of Mandalore, the bat, the siege of Mandalore. You know what uh, what it really meant, what Mandalore means to the galaxy and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, which there's still a lot left to explore there. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, I know we're running out of time, so I I, I wanted to ask you a question. W- what are your opinions on them taking characters from the Clone Wars and bringing them to life in the Mandalorian? Are you nervous about it at all? Because it kind Super of, nervous. yeah, I'm nervous as well. I'm really nervous because it's, uh, I'm excited about it. Whenever it was just Ahsoka, I was like, yeah, that that tracks, that works. And then it's like, oh, and it's Bo-Katan. Oh, and it's this, maybe Ezra. <laughs> and it's like, okay, hang on. But um, yeah, I, I'm nervous about it because, you know, Disney just botched everything with uh, the the sequels. But with Filoni and Favreau, you know, in charge of Mandalorian, it, it eases my nerves a little bit about it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you know excited am it, but you I'm know most,
1: I'm most worried about when it comes to uh, the, the Clone Wars characters. I know we gotta got to get this thing going to the end here, but uh, as much as I love Rosario Dawson and I love Ahsoka, how does that character translate to live action as an adult to the female? jedi right how does yeah. that even work and then um rex is an old dude and there's rumors that he's going to show up and tamura uh tamura morrison the guy who played Django fett is going to play him that's the rumor and it's like is that gonna work out and then of course i have no problem with katie sackoff playing uh bo katan well, my only problem with that whole scenario is the entire uh, entirety of uh, Mandalorian season one, they talked about him never removing never removing his helmet. But if you watch any of the Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian appearances Mandalorians appearing in the Clone Wars, they always took their helmets off. Well, the
2: I I was under the impression I thought they stated in the show that that was their sect, like their you know you ah, have bizlas okay. and okay. stuff. Whoever that is, that they, they don't take their shit off. Um, unless it's that. taken off. I, that's how I thought that it was It was fra- framed. But they're eventually going to have to take that shit off. You can't leave the mask on the whole time. Yeah, I mean, what, you, have, it you can't even... waste Pedro Pascal. Yeah, so I'm excited for it, but I am nervous. This was a great four-season or four-episode run to close out Clone Wars. Um, I mean, any complaints we have are kind of nitpicky. There's nothing huge that I, I was upset about at all. It was It was great. Let me ask
1: you real quick before we go it, um, the next disney animated uh series the rumors are flying what would you uh rather it be uh what 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 story would you like to see told as an animated series
2: oh, shit I don't know
1: um off the top of your head real quick you know something something that you that that maybe wasn't finished in any of the animated series or in the <laughs> movies
2: uh i mean honestly the thing that made rebels work for me was that i wasn't uh, familiar with any of that story like mm-hmm. um i'm sure there's stuff in the extended universe or in the the you know canon out there they could play on if they really wanted to to do something fascinating to me then i would like to see uh like a show about not Jedi, not Mandalorians. I want it to be normal people. You could even make it like an anthology, and it's it's normal people and how their lives were impacted by the the fall and rise of the like Empire, like the Marquez
1: sisters. <laughs> yeah,
2: something like that. But but without without wrapping them up into you yeah. know, the, into the, into Ahsoka's world, or into, you know, something like, the show is about them, or, or whatever, I mean, that's something you can maybe consider, I don't know, you put me on the spot there.
1: That's funny you mentioned that, because we talked about this in the, the final season of the Game of Thrones, like, what we want to see in a off we were all, we were all, like, at the crossroads, Sam baking our, you know, uh, hot pie baked bread, yeah, 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 no, but, um, uh, the 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 big uh, the pervading sense is that uh, it's going to be a sequel to Star Wars Rebels. It's going to be Ahsoka and Sabine looking for Ezra, in the unexplored reaches of the galaxy, wherever he and uh, and,
2: and Felony has confirmed that Ezra and Thrawn are both alive, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're out there somewhere. So you never mm. know. We do know that Ahsoka dies, but at some point between um the mandalorian at some point between the mandalorian and rise of skywalker because ashley eckstein actually recorded a voice part for the rise of skywalker she's she when all the jedi were talking to ray like yeah all the Jedi i live for you ahsoka's voice can be heard so anyway that's she dies at some point anyway
2: everybody so, does so
1: yeah everybody dies at some point everybody poops and everybody dies listen guys uh, I want to thank Corey for joining me in the daylight hours we were day walkers for this episode Uh, this special episode of Take the Black Star Wars edition Um, let us know what the next animated uh, Star Wars series you would like to see uh, or what uh, worries you most about the man war in season 2 bringing in Clone Wars Rebels characters stuff like that so uh for Corey Thone and for myself, uh, you've been listening to Take the Black. Put on my goodness.
2: This is the story
0: of the WAD. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently.